going on? It's the Film Drunk Frogcast, back for another episode, coming at you not live from the Frog Quarters in San Francisco. We got a great show tonight. We're going to be talking about some taboo, maybe a little 30 for 30. Uh, I saw a fist fight. But first, I'm going to introduce my co-host for the evening, future NFL Hall of Famer, Brendan. Don't know who I want to be on the Frogcast no more. What's that? What's that from? I don't know. It's just... My southern wisdom. Okay, yeah. I don't know much about no podcasting or no hashtag content or nothing like that, but I do know, don't nobody want to be on the film drunk broadcast no more. That ain't nice. (laughs) That ain't nice, but it sure is the truth. That's a good point. fella, if you can't handle the truth, then life's going to be real hard for you. Man, you're coming hot out the gate with characters already. That's right. You got nowhere to go. I don't from normally here. do characters. Yeah, well, it's good, but it's like you need to pick up the slack because without Matt Lieb here, mm-hmm. no one. Who else is going to do characters? Fella, gotta go. Flap, 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 flap. <laughs> I don't know if he would have rode away on. A, I don't know if he would have flapped away. Yeah, who was that guy? I don't know. He may be like a gallop. Anyway, uh, Joe Sinclitico is coming on a little later. Uh, before he gets here, me and Brendan wanted to talk about Trump's. Yes, I love talking about Donald Trump. This is my favorite. I'm so glad we're here talking the about The first this. podcast to discuss Trump, <clears throat> right? Uh-huh. uh-huh. It's groundbreaking. Yeah, we're going to make history right now. Uh, but actually, this is pretty good because this was uh, his answer. Is he, is he in Israel right now or is BB just here? Uh, I think BB's here. Yeah, yeah BB's here. So him and Netanyahu on the, on the, the dais together. I don't think it's called the dais. Anyway, They're a twin podia. Yeah. They, they, it's kind of like a buddy cop thing going with like both podiums right there. They both sure. got the flag, mm-hmm. both, both flags. Anyway, so Trump gets asked about the two state solution. Which well, no, he asked. Well, he's, he's the reporter asked if he's willing to commit to a one or two state solution, which the American party line since I don't know the inception of Israel has been a two state solution. Has it really that long? I believe. Yeah. Okay. I'll go. With I'm that. no expert, but I'm I'm pretty certain that like. Yeah, that's like easy answer. Like, yeah, you just know. Well, I think he's against it, and I think that's like I think Bannon's against it. But that would also be a good answer, or it would be an answer at least. It's one of those like super right wing gymnastics where it's like, it's like, well, they're like a separatist, you know, like ethnic separatist uh, state. So I like that. And then someone's like, but they're Jews. And you're like, oh, but I don't like that. You know, like, so there's kind of some. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So here we go. I'm looking at two state and one state. And I like the one that both parties like. I'm very happy with the one that both parties like. I can live with either one. Uh, I thought for a while the two state looked like it may be the easier of the two. But honestly, if Bibi and if the Palestinians, if Israel and the Palestinians are are happy, I'm happy with the one they like the best. Netanyahu can't even just not laugh. Like, who is this dumb fuck that you elected? He loves it, though. He's like, oh, man, this dumb fuck's playing right into my hands. Yeah, he's so fucking stupid. I can get him to do anything. But so a couple things. That was extremely third grader who didn't do his reading. (laughs) That was exactly that aesthetic, which I appreciate. There's that. And there's also the idea that he basically said, you know what one I like? I like the thing that the Jews and the Palestinians can agree on. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He basically took took one of the most intractable political arguments of the 20 slash 21st century. Uh, 
that has had like no movement either way, <laughs> basically, uh, and said, I like the one that both people like. <laughs> I mean, any answer would have been a good answer, mm-hmm. but except that one. Uh-huh. Which is weird because, you know, his thing is like being the, a decisive guy. But then he gets in these situations and you're like, oh, man, you didn't even like read a paragraph about this Any, before you got to the, the stage, yeah. did you? Well, I just like how anything that anyone says positive about Donald Trump can be torn apart in like two seconds. Where when you watch like I I have not watched cable news in so long. I'm a firm believer that it gives people brain poisoning. Uh-huh, but like I yeah. couldn't help myself when I got the news alert last night about like all the Russian meddling. And. You know, it was just amazing the the rhetorical devices that the Trump supporters used to like. We're like, well, look, everyone knows that Donald Trump is a great negotiator. And I'm like, can you back that up? Really? Like, I don't think he's a great negotiator. <laughs> oh, like, he said that. Yeah. Everyone knows that Trump is a businessman. I'm like, this motherfucker ran a casino into the ground. Like, how <laughs> yeah. stupid do you have to be to run a casino into the ground? Yeah, um, I was I was looking for the clip of the little kid on Fox News, which is also, I mean, that's cable news in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Is that you invite an eight year old on uh-huh. who has a speech impediment to tell you that that immigrants are bad mm-hmm. from the mouse of babes? I'm just waiting for Joe to get online. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. Hey, is this is this me, Wolf? Oh, <laughs> hello. How horny are you, bro? <laughs> How horny am I? Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go like mildly horny, just like an average medium, medium horn. Yeah, an average level of horniness. Dude, is Ben there? No, he's not on tonight. That's big dick. <laughs> <laughs> He's only got one ball, though. Yeah, but as long as his fucking hog is real thick. It makes it look bigger. Beefy. Yeah, well, it's like it, it goes up higher because it doesn't have as many balls weighing it down. Yep. Yeah. And he fucking, he probably can pump a little, like shave a fraction off his pump time. <laughs> yeah. Because he's more aer- aerodynamic. That's true. Less friction. Yeah, more like same horsepower, but less uh, less chassis weight. Yeah, he's like a he's like an Olympic swimmer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Joe, have you been following uh, this assassination of uh, Kim Kim Jong Nam? Uh, is that the sequel to Assassination to Jesse James? No, no, it's not the it's not the Korean remake. <laughs> And there's no Casey Affleck. No. Um, <laughs> cool. No, no, no. What what happened? So you know Kim um, Jong-un has an older brother, right? Uh, okay. So this was the one. He was kind of a fuck up. Like, I think in 2012, he was the one that they caught on his way out of the country, like trying to go to uh, uh, Jap- he was, Japan. He was on the way into Japan, and he said he wanted to go to Disneyland. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. he's like the Uday and the and then the other guy's the Quasi. Sort of, but like Uday wasn't quite like he was still part of the family. Mm-hmm. He was still part of the leadership, whereas after the Disneyland thing, they kinda like Kim Jong nam has been um in exile, just like going to casinos in Macau and sort of uh like skipping out on bills because they cut off his allowance and stuff. 
And he also didn't wow, get so he's actually, up his ass. He's actually in North He's actually left North Korea. No, yeah, he's been out of the country since 2012. And then That's so fucking amazing that he he just wanted to go to Disneyland. He wanted to go to Disneyland and then so like yesterday can't, can't, can't they just tell can't somebody just find this guy and be like, "Hey dude, here's Fifty million dollars, and we're just gonna follow you around and make seven seasons of a reality television show. Should be able to. I well, feel like the Japanese would have been into that. <laughs> I would have been into it. Yeah. Hey Joe, I have a question for you. Put him on Dance Moms. Yeah. <laughs> what what kind of uh, what kind of flavor are you vaping there, bro? Dude, my uh, my uh, rig. Um, my rig got busted, so I have one in the mail, and uh, right now I'm just fucking vaping on a little uh, Mark 10 XL E6. <laughs> what? No, what's the flave though? That's just your standard classic uh, tobacco flave, dude. They have no. They have it's a no not, flave. It's not. It's not gnarly. I mean, it's not gnarly. <clears throat> It's just kind of sick, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you still need it, and you yeah. still getting what you need. Yeah. And you take it in, and you get the hum, and that's it, dude. And that's, then you're set, bro. That's tight. Do you have to have dudes... Do dudes come up to you to talk about vaping, if you're vaping? Like, do other mm-hmm. vape enthusiasts ask about your rig? Well, you know that the first thing my girlfriend... Uh, two years... You, did you guys know I have a girlfriend? I heard that somewhere. I feel like you never mentioned it. I mean, it only took the, the, like, first, the first thing she ever said to me was, what flavors are Aegeus? <laughs> <laughs> Not fucking kidding, dude. That's literally <laughs> what she said when she sat down next to me. That's a good, that's a good pickup line. <laughs> like, pickup I, wonder, <laughs> I wonder if like 20 years from now, like if we stay together, like our children... <laughs> Will even know what the fuck yeah. e juice is, or they'll just be like, "Yeah, e juice, like the stuff you're, we with the uh, with our eye pumps." You're gonna that tell we, that story at your firstborn's wedding. What yeah. we live off of, what powers us as humans. Yeah, e juice. Yeah, it's gonna be. Oh, <laughs> uh, that'd be so dope. So, what flavor? What flavor was it? I'm, I'm just gonna take like a big drag off a of like a giant one. And she'd be like, I remember when I met her. <laughs> she was like, hey, what kind of e-juice is that? <laughs> and I was like, whoa, dude, what the fuck is going on with this bitch? <laughs> I was going through like a little bit of a lavender phase at that time. What, what flavor was it, Joe? Um, I think it was. Guava? No, it was. Cotton they make candy. this. Uh, they make. They make a fucking dude. So whatever artificial flavor that is in foods, mm-hmm. like if it's a if food's just artificially flavored, like it's a Nilla wafer or something, you can vape shit where they use the same stuff yeah. and it tastes like Nilla. This one tastes exactly like Fruit Loops. Okay, tight. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, dude, you're fucking. I mean, that makes me and it's, it's like you're skate, you're skating on that one, dude. You're just flying <laughs> through the air, dude. I don't know, flying through the vape clouds. Yeah, you're just, you're just fucking 
Dude, that'd be pretty dope if Batman had a uh, had like a giant vape on his belt, and then there's one point where he just fucking takes a giant drag and blows it in somebody's face, and he's gone. That would be a good. And all the like people are standing around him in a circle, and you think he's done for, and he's just like, and he just fucking boom through the sky. I could see like the jacked Ben Affleck Batman doing that. He's like. Actually, as a theist, the burden of proof is on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like standing in front of his console, and he's all he's he's like he's like he, he's just got the bat the bat suit on that the the cowl is off, and he's just staring at like news footage of some disaster, like a bomb that's going off, and he's just like super upset, and he just takes a big drag. <sighs> he's sick. False, false flag. You can't. These you, are crisis actors. You can't prove a negative, dude. <sighs> can't prove a negative. Bitcoin. I'm out. Uh, dude, what's, wait, so, what's, right, what's, so this dude who got caught trying to go to Disneyland, he was trying to go to uh, Malaysia this week, and he was in the airport, and apparently two chicks. Yeah. One of them was wearing a, a sweatshirt that says LOL on it, so I think they must have been kitted out as like. <laughs> Uh, you know, undercover as tourists with like dumb tourist clothes. And uh, uh, Kim went to an information desk in Kuala Lumpur International Airport and complained he felt dizzy. Uh, the deceased felt like someone grabbed or held his face from behind. We don't know if there was cloth or needles. Uh, the receptionist, someone grabbed his face. He felt dizzy. So they fucking killed, they assassinated him with either a poison uh, chloroform cloth or like a poison dart. Wow. So every time we talk about North Korea, I kind of I kind of want North Korea to keep being North Korea because <laughs> I mean, like no other country has stories that good. Dude, it's so true. That I mean, all, all like every single documentary I've ever watched about North Korea is just like my mouth just open and my eyes are wide open. Just fucking like, this is amazing. This is the best thing that's ever happened. It's like this weird cross between uh, like Zoolander and men who stare at goats or something, but it's real. Like, I mean, I, I feel like I could see Bobby Lee or someone playing this, this fuck up son of Kim Jong-il who gets yeah. assassinated with a, a chloroform cloth by some, chicks that are all dressed normcore and we and we think that his they think that his brother did it yeah supposedly um kim jong-un's been trying to have him killed like since since the uh the disneyland thing and he they intercepted emails of this guy like begging his brother to like stop the assassination order and so he's just been He's just been like living between Macau and, and Beijing. And then they found the two women dead, right? No, no, they caught one of them and then oh. I don't they don't know what happened with the other one, I don't think. I mean, this dude, I'm looking at a picture of the guy so like he looks so unhealthy like <laughs> uh, there might have been nothing on the napkin. You could have just disrupted the guy's breathing for like 3 <laughs> seconds. Yeah. And it's enough to put him into a fucking stroke. He kind of looks like he could be like an Asian Galifianakis or something. <laughs> like neither of those guys really strike you as world leader status. <laughs> oh man. 
I wonder, do they, I mean, are those guys just like uh, banging prostitutes like every, is yes. that part of the? Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's part of it, they, right? They fuck. Yeah, they definitely fuck. They fuck. So the reason like this guy was the, the black sheep was his, uh, Kim Jong-il was apparently, he liked this soap opera actress and he decided he wanted to bang her and she was married. And so he made her, made her divorce, uh, her husband and he banged her. He knocked her up and then his dad decided that he didn't like this one. So he like had to send her off into exile. And so this guy's basically been fucked all along because, uh, his mom is the, like the illegitimate one. Like he had to, his dad, uh... his dad had to get like a second wife to to be the legit one and so ever since then he's kind of he's kind of like the black sheep it's a good script that's all i'm saying it's amazing it's better I than mean, fist fight definitely, yeah I, definitely better than fist fight i mean does this guy i i just don't even understand is what the fu- what's going on in south korea is south korea like totally normal or are they also yeah, man. South well, Korea is tight. <laughs> not, not exactly. Like they had their president get taken down because she had some sort of Rasputin, uh, like oh yeah, that guru, was weird. And they like impeached her. So yeah, I mean, it's but not like, doing great. But I mean, I mean the economy's they got, good. They got food. It, yeah, <laughs> they're like not, yeah, they're, they're not, not they're not eating bark <clears throat> and they're not they're not executing yeah. someone's uncle with a cluster bomb or anything. Yeah, yeah, or with artillery shells. There's um there's a book called Nothing to Envy. Uh, about North Korea and the part uh, that's um, that affected me most was like like during the big famine like this guy found a stray dog and it was like jackpot and he like drowned it and it, like it made me really sad oh that uh, there was dogs. that story I don't know if it was from that book or a different one of the North Korea books that I read but the, another one I read was where he the guy had um, you know he finally got across the border to China and it was like this big production. He had to like pay people and then sneak across mm-hmm. the river. Yep. And he finally wandered into like a Chinese uh, person's house and there was a bowl outside with like old rice and meat. And it was apparently for the dogs. And this dude was like, man, I haven't eaten rice in, in years. Mm-hmm. And these people are feeding their dogs that. Yeah. Like people are out. People just go out to the countryside. <laughs> like during the fam, they're like going out to the countryside and like scavenging for roots mm-hmm. uh yeah there's, there's no, no grass food. there's no bark yep. trying to make flour out of bark mm-hmm. bad times and this bad times. and this dude's like eating spaghetti out of an ice cream cone mm-hmm. basically <laughs> that's but what he did as soon com- as he got to comparatively Macau. south korea is doing great yeah i'm sure if you're uh kim jong-un's brother even if he hates you you're still living better than the average dude oh yeah the 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 like inner circle of North Korean leadership they're living high on the hog man life's yeah. good but what do you think about if you're the 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 hot assassin mm-hmm. and you're like out of North Korea and you're sort of free and clear mm-hmm. you can either like go live your life mm-hmm. or you can kill some dude mm-hmm. and then be hot shit back in North Korea mm-hmm. well I'm Scarlett Johansson so okay. I do both all right all right. Mm-hmm. Wait. So, how does North Korea have any money? What are, like? What are they? Uh, they do. They have like weird counterfeiting up. Op- like they get some. They sell meth. <laughs> they, I'm not joking. They sell meth. It's like a weird drug cartel thing. Yeah, like they have. They, they have a lot of illegal ways to make meth, money. 
they give meth to their ambassadors and put quotas on them that they have to sell a certain amount. I'm being dead serious. Uh, and then they also part of the reason they're always launching nukes and shit is uh, is to agitate to get like money. Mm -hmm. uh, so they're just like extorting everyone. But then like China doesn't want the state to collapse because it'll be a massive humanitarian crisis. And South Korea doesn't want the state to collapse because it'll be a massive humanitarian crisis. So like they're kind of locked in this weird. It's basically if scumbag Steve was a country. <clears throat> yeah. It's like they got like <laughs> counterfeiting operations. They're just fucking cutting the heads off parking meters and shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and they got the job at 7-Eleven that like just kind of covers it. But like, <laughs> you know, and so the parents are like, well, if we if we encourage him to quit and go back to school, then maybe he can make something of himself. But <laughs> then we'll have to support him and we can't pay his rent and all his bills. So we're not going to do that. So like, you know, we can keep sending him a couple hundred bucks a month while he has his job at 7-Eleven. That's pretty much it. Or he could just sell some meth. I'm a, I'm a national security expert. Oh, yeah. Well, I think you're doing or, better sorry, than Trump. Foreign, foreign policy expert. Yeah. I think you could be on Trump's foreign policy team. I, I've studied all of these greatly, tremendously, uh, very, very, uh, very much studied. Bigly. No. Uh, we've looked into uh, this. And, and, and uh, they're all good. It's, it's bigly all the options are good. Believe me. Believe me. I, I'm going to come up with a great solution. But does... So, if... So basically, you're saying if the if the state failed, mm -hmm. There's it would 20 just be million citizens or so that would immediately storm the borders of South Korea and China. Yeah, they don't want to have to prop up some <clears throat> some scumbag country. And so they're just like, okay, let them sell weed out of the what I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gonna watch? Well, that's. And there's no way they can fucking. There's no way they can uh, basically make money. There's nothing of value in North Korea. Not really. I mean, it's kind of like they. I think the the ruling class sort of takes everything. So they've been putting a lot of money towards uh, you know developing weapons and uh, and and random things. So, but they're still sort of like no one's gonna want to buy their shit. Like yeah, you know what I mean. We 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 have so much surplus. We can just any third world country can just buy all our old shit or like all of Russia's old shit. Like no one's going to buy North Korea's old shit. I don't, I don't think they're allowed to either. Are they like, are they even allowed probably to sell? Not. Yeah, probably not. Anyway, Joe, you've been watching taboo. I have, I didn't see the last episode though. I haven't seen, I've only seen like the first four. We'll try to go. I refuse as light on spoilers. I, I refuse but, to call it taboo. Uh huh. I only call it the Tom Audi teleprogram. <laughs> Do they call it taboo because the guy anyways, fucks his funny sister? Hats. He does have an awesome hat. He has brilliant arts. You got... cannot pronounce this. <laughs> Dude, Tom Hardy, Tom Hardy walks ev everywhere like he just had the gnarliest leg day <laughs> that day. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I was gonna, like, he's got the crazy he's got the super wide lapels and then like the pug boxers sort of hat he somehow they make his top hat look like a bowler hat somehow it's like forward on his head like he's about to start a Donnybrook at any given second yeah 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 well he also is the master of just grunts have you noticed that yeah Ugh. yeah I watched like it. so much so much of his acting is grunting and making like weird pig noises <laughs> 
I watch I watch it with the with the closed captioning on because a lot of the minor characters I have no fucking clue what they're saying. And uh, yeah, there's definitely a lot of groans. It's impossible uh, to understand what the fuck they're saying in <laughs> yeah. that show. Because it'll be like it'll be characters' names too, and he's like, well, I don't know, Bryce. And you're like, what? Bryce? Brace? Brains? <laughs> what did you just say? Yeah, Skim especially the, the Al Capone character. Mr. Skillington. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, Tommy from Snatch, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, I can't understand what the fuck that dude is saying. But it's actually gotten better. Uh, so I'm on the f- fifth episode. I, I just finished the fifth episode, and... I'm. I don't know if this happens to me with every British show, where the first episode I got, I can't watch this. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck they're saying. This is so stupid. And then by like the third episode, I'm 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 used to it. It's like, um, what's that? What's the movie? Um, that Viking movie with Antonio Banderas where he learns Thirteenth Yeah, where he learns their language by listening yeah. to them talk, and just all of a sudden he's like. I can understand you now. <laughs> That's the way I feel about British shows. By like the third episode, I'm like, I know what they're saying. And then by and then by the ninth episode, you're like, I've enjoyed watching the longest running British TV show of all time. <laughs> it's got the perfect um, it's got the f- perfect balance of a show that I want to keep watching with enough dumb stuff that I can make fun of, which I think is the sweet spot for any television show. Yeah. No, there's there's dumb stuff. Uh, there's enough dumb stuff. Yeah, like the uh, beach where all the bodies end up. I don't know why, but every time they're there, I'm like, this is great. What a great show. <laughs> it's like just like oh, there's just crabs crawling out of the guy's face. I don't know why I love that. And then their children come along like, I get his eyeballs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Who's and you're that? like. I bet it was really like this. <laughs> Who's an alternative to Tom Hardy that could star in the show that would make it just unwatchable? But like, but while still being plausible, you know, where you're like, oh, it's a show, you know, starring so-and-so, oh, you know, whatever. And then it would just turn out to be unwatchable. Oh, uh, who's an obnoxious British guy? I mean, like Eddie Redmayne, but mm-hmm. I don't think they'd ever cast him as that. <laughs> Ricky Gervais. <laughs> I've just come back from Africa, ain't I? <laughs> don't you know it? You thought I was dead, didn't you? Oh. <laughs> I was to watch that show. Yeah, actually, that, that actually sounds pretty good. I totally I have a love that. hate with with Ricky yeah. Gervais. Like, I totally understand why people hate him, but I'm yep. like, I still enjoy him. I can't mm-hmm. help it. Yeah, I love him. Um, I, I don't. I mean, don't people just hate him because of his politics? Yeah, it's like smugness. It's kind of like the smug. Yeah, it's kind of like the Christopher Hitchens thing, or like even. Yeah, I know this is a little more uh, sacrosanct, but uh, uh, Bill Hicks, where it's like, all right, like I get it, like you're smart, but you're also, you're also just like bludgeoning dumb people at a mm-hmm. certain point. Yeah, I'm like yeah, all right, I've okay. Well, that's what, the way I thought. What's the whole I premise mean, of your whole shtick is that like I'm so much better than you? Yeah. Like it eventually kind of caves in on yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, though it is, it was, it was a sad day when I realized that HBO Go no longer carried the Ricky Gervais show. Those were great. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. the animated versions of his I only podcast. I saw a couple of them. Those were outstanding. Now I'm gonna have to find them online. 
Yeah, it's those many, were really good. Too many shows. Oh, so a couple of things about Taboo. I like the fact that Tommy from Snatch, I, I think as soon as he played Tommy from Snatch, he was like, man, I'm sick of people thinking I'm a pussy. I'm going to play every like badass heavy in every single role from now until I'm dead. He had that. He had to play like Capone in Boardwalk Empire. Where he's just like cutting people's noses off. He kind of looks like one of the guys from UB40. Aren't there twins in UB40? Aren't there I don't like know. two guys that look the same? I don't know. There's red and, and red. Was UB40 uh, one of the bands where it had a white dude with dreads? I don't think. That, I think they had black guys with dreads, but they didn't have white guys with dreads. I always assumed that they were black guys, but now that I think about it, I actually have no idea what anybody in UB40 looks like. Yeah, there's like two white British guys. I mean, they're all British, but I assume two somewhere, white guys. somewhere between um, uh, like Fishbone and and the specials. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, nice. Same, good same, job. Same continuum. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good Fist work. Bump. Good work. Tight, dude. Tight. Those good deduction skills. Yeah. Uh, other thing about Taboo that someone pointed out is like Tom Hardy is ridiculously good looking and then everyone else in the show just looks like a shit covered goblin. I do love like if you're making like if you're a director uh, making like a, a period piece like Victorian era period piece like 90% of the cast is presumed to have like late stage syphilis. <laughs> yeah like there's a guy with smallpox scars. I feel like that's probably pretty accurate. Maybe. Maybe it is. I don't like know. Everybody just looks stinky and disgusting. And even the king just looks like he looks like a decadent sort of Trump where it, he looks like he's got like a bad face facelift, but his face is covered in weird bronzer. Mm-hmm. That's definitely a guy in a fat suit, right? I hope so. I'm looking it up. Yeah. Mark it is, Gaddis. It is funny when you like consume popular media and you just sort of interpret it as like the truth, you know, where yeah. you're like, Oh yeah, everyone was like really dirty and gross back then. I'm sure I'm positive. Like you don't really know my, my sort, I mean, you can sort of know. I mean, they only had wool clothes. No one really bathed that often. Yeah. Billy Bob Thornton always talks about like how he has his uh, phobia of antiques and like that's why because everyone smelled really bad and like and there's just like old gross dead bugs and you're watching that show and, you're like that it, makes a lot of sense yeah well I think that's why that that uh, that one infamous tweet resonates so much where it's like the founding fathers who barely washed their dicks wanted me to have this assault <laughs> rifle in this McDonald's which is like this is like really true where you're like you look at like yeah. the one dollar bill and you're like, man, I bet that guy's dick smelled so yeah. bad. Wooden teeth ass <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah. It's pretty, I think it's such Yeah, go ahead. Um when you look back at, at other eras, you realize that so much of the style was based on uh never having to comb your hair or anything. Like, you know, you got your you they got your colonial wig, or even in the fifties everybody was just wearing like a hat. Um Everybody either had a hat or like a wig or something. That what are you didn't... talking about? They all had pompadours. That was the women, man. Men had pompadours too. No, but pompadour was a woman. That was one of Louis XIV's mistresses. You're talking about the 1950s? Yeah. Oh, you mean you know, everybody in the 50s had pompadours? Yeah. Yeah, but they're all. Then when you were outside, you were wearing a hat. Like that was the thing. Like everybody was wearing a fucking hat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Like if you were dressed I was up. Something like pop culture rather than like. Right. Everybody. But like if you were outside in the fifties and you were a dude, you had a hat on, otherwise it was weird. But you had to comb your hair. Is there anything worse than guys that exist today that wear those hats and are like into steampunk and like have like 
you know, a fucking, they're wearing like a tuxedo and you're at 7-Eleven <laughs> and you just want to fucking well, I kill think yourself. That, Joe, I think that encompasses a few different aesthetics, but <laughs> yes, I agree. I'm always, I'm, I'm, I'm partly dismissive, but partly impressed because, you know, you go into one of those hat shops and you see some cool hats and part of you like, part of you is like, oh man, that'd be kind of cool if I could rock that hat. But then you put it on and you can't, and you can't, and it just looks like a costume and you feel stupid. Mm -hmm. But then guys that are hat guys, they're, they've committed to that. Like that's Mm -hmm. their identity. It's kind of like having a, like a ton of tats guy. I've met a lot of guys lately that are completely bald on the top of their head and then keep it long on the sides and wear a hat. And I'll, <laughs> I'll know them for like three months. And then all of a sudden they'll take their hat off to wipe their head. And I'll be like, holy fuck, this dude's bald. And I feel like that's not fair. <laughs> Why? To whom? Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. To me. <laughs> to God. But like, God's like, so you always wear a hat. You're bald on top. It's to cover it, but like, okay, you meet a chick at a bar. At what point do you take the hat Never. off and go, "Hey, you sh- you should know about this," <laughs> right? Or do they care, or they like, just say, "Fuck me with your hat on"? Like, what happens? You I feel know, like girls know how to do the hat math. Oh, you think so? Oh, if you show up to a first date and you never take your hat off, I think she's gonna assume you're bald. No, interesting. And and maybe she DQ what like when does she start dequal like if she's a chick that's like I can't ball guy when does she go oh this guy's getting DQ because he's definitely bald under the hat or does she accidentally knock it or she goes let me let me try on your hat yeah let me try on the hat that's that's the move I like your hat let me try it on yeah Mm -hmm. I was talking about this the other day Um, people always treat the idea of finding out a guy wears a toupee as some sort of like sort of uh, embarrassing moment for that mm-hmm. guy. But what if you were just casual about your toupee? What if you like, you, you rocked a toupee cause you thought it looked better, <laughs> but you were, it wasn't like a big thing. You're like, Oh man, my fucking wig fell off. Like what if you treated it like it wasn't a huge deal? Wouldn't that be like a much better strategy than, than trying to pretend that you have hair. If you were just like, yes, I wear this because I like the way it looks better. Probably like not. Every, like when no, you're in the sun, like, like in the, <laughs> but what, but I feel like there's probably I could <clears throat> imagine there being a toupee that doesn't look that bad out there somewhere, somewhere. Or you just wear it like a hat. Like every once in a while, you take it off and, and wipe underneath. Yeah, and then wipe your brow <laughs> yeah. with it, maybe, and then just throw it back on there. Yeah, I feel like that's acceptable. It'd be dope. If I was like a bald dude, I would. I would go and get like a bunch of prosthetic eyeballs and put them all <laughs> over the top of my bald head. So it looked like I, it was just covered in eyeballs. And then I go on a date with a girl. And when she asked for my hat, I'd be like, all right, <laughs> hand it over. I used to work with a guy who went bald and he, then he just embraced it fully and <clears throat> grew out the horseshoe and started dressing really strange when like, <laughs> like, uh, 1980s suits with like big, uh, shoulder pads and like pants with 12 pleats uh-huh yeah yeah and he had he bought flip-up glasses okay he was a really weird guy <laughs> i don't like that he like fully embraced like he, he looked like a henchman in an yeah, 80s. Like, yeah. he definitely looked like a dude that arnold schwarzenegger <laughs> killed the first 20 minutes i like that strategy yeah i mean it, like, it kind of worked for him 
I mean, if you're gonna look, if you if you can't be like the classic matinee idol look, why not embrace some sort of uh, eccentric? He, he was also character. rocking a a um what God what do you call it? You know one of those you know the hats with like the uh, Hawaiian shirt print on them that like are very kind of hipstery. Like a, oh the yeah they're called like they start with a T right or like something. a Paisley hat? I forget what they're called. No, what, what style of hat? It's a baseball hat, and oh, okay. it's got like a Hawaiian shirt print on it, and it's just huh. kind of '90s looking. Okay, but he was rocking that in like 2009. Like yeah. it was, he was, he was years ahead. Fashion forward. Yeah, he was definitely fashion forward. I can see that. But he I mean, sometimes he was very honest about. He was growing out the horseshoe. He had a full Phil Collins. It was yeah. The Phil Phil full Phil Collins is like just shoulder length or. Uh, well, I guess it depends what era Phil Collins we're talking right, about. Yeah. I'm sort of he's thinking about a, like he's had a ponytail at yeah, some point, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm thinking like late Genesis Phil Collins, okay. where it's like almost like a, if you follow college football, like a Dana Holgerson, the West Virginia coach, where he's got it's almost like a skullet type thing. Okay, okay. Um, like not shoulder length, but someone in the Eagles has got, that. Right? There's some lettuce in the back. I picture when I think of the Eagles, I picture someone that's bald and has a ponytail. The Philadelphia Eagles or Don Henley? No, no, Don Henley. Oh, um, or is that just like my impression of of Fans of the Eagles. Probably, <laughs> I was about to say, sounds like a typical listener of the Eagles. Like whenever I think yeah. of the Eagles, I just think of like a bald guy with a ponytail in a bad suit, just sort of rocking out to Desperado. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, what yeah. What do you think the like female equipment? Like, what's the thing that men have to put up with with women, like as they get older, that you just kind of go, well, I'm in my 30s, so like I have to fuck women that do that. Like, you know, I just feel like women <laughs> in their 30s kind of go, you know what? I'm in my 30s. Like, I got to fuck dudes that are bald now, you know? <laughs> right. Like, uh, it just is part, it's part of the deal, you know? Yeah. I don't know. That's a good question. Like, HGTV addiction? Like I don't, you, I don't like mind you, that. You, like you can't go anywhere without like just children yeah, just wanting like, children. Anywhere you go, it's like mm, I love these drapes. Those are nice. <laughs> I wonder how these would look. I don't like, know about everything. This, I don't know there, about this. Back, sort of everything's like about framing. backsplash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's got an open concept, but I just don't know. How it's done. I don't They're mind kind of those framing stuff with their hands. You know, like. <laughs> I can feel us drinking our coffee here, but I just don't know. <laughs> Maybe just very strong opinions about interior design in general. Yeah, yeah. Or or like stuff that's like easily changeable. Is the same thing as like oh, this backsplash. And it's like you can literally. It takes you two hours to remove that and put back up whatever the fuck you want. I watch the shit out of all of those shows, and I'm always fascinated with the uh, you know any any chick on House Hunters. It's always like I don't uh, like this color. I don't like the color of these yeah. cabinets. And you're like, really? How fucking hard is that to change? Yeah. <laughs> I don't like this shoe that's on the couch. I don't want this house. Yeah. The, have you watched the house? I don't remember. I think it's HGTV. They have a show where it's like they want to go live down in Mexico. Like people yeah, are. International House, house Hunters International. House Hunters International. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Fuck. Sorry. Dude. Yeah. But that one, that one is my favorite because sometimes they're really nice houses and then sometimes they show them to them and they're like the bathrooms in the kitchen. Uh, there's a shower above the cupboards and they'll just be the weirdest fucking layout. Like most Mexican layouts of all time. Like you're just like, they just like pieced it together and they're like, well, we could maybe fix this one. And I like that one. I like, well, I like that one because it'll be some family 
And they were like, oh, yeah, we decided that we're all going to move to Tegucigalpa, Nicaragua, and then we show up. Yeah. And they're like, this doesn't even have a garbage disposal. Like, what the fuck? It's like, oh, well, what the fuck, man? Do you want to move to a third world country or not? Also, can you imagine being the kid, like, in that, like, how, what the fuck? What kind of, like, life are you setting up for your kid that he grows up in a third world country even if like you're a rich person in the third world country it i seems, don't know it seems awesome to me now it, it, like thinking back and be like man wouldn't that have been awesome if my parents just took me to some random country and i get to anywhere I, but fresno yeah anywhere but fresno and i got some crazy ex- life experience but i'm sure if you're in like seventh grade and your parents are taking you out of school and they're like anyway so we're gonna move to bolivia you'd be like what the fuck yeah yeah yeah. So, anyways, taboo. <laughs> uh, so, uh, the uh, couple couple more things. I got a lot of complaints about this show. Okay. Uh, crazy dark. Like some of the scenes might be even darker than Game of Thrones, where like mm-hmm. I have to have every light yep. in my house turned off, uh, and the brightness on my television screen turned up to be able to see it. I was trying to watch it, and in. I have two TVs and I was trying to watch in the room with less light and I had all the shades closed and I still couldn't see everything. Yeah. I, uh, I had all the shades closed and I had like my 40 watt desk lamp on. It's not even turned to the TV and I had to turn that off to make sure that I could see. So someone's got a big boner for darkness. Other mm-hmm. thing is, uh, the action sequences are like early Christopher Nolan. Remember before, the dark night you'd watch a christopher nolan movie and it'd be awesome but then as soon as there's an action sequence you just well there's there's gonna be two minutes of this movie where i have no idea what's going on right now and after the dark night and during the dark night all right mostly it was bad before it was real bad it was bad the dark night or oh sorry uh it, it got better in the dark night you're right batman begins was horrible that was was fucking incomprehensible yeah and then, but that's how they are in Taboo. Like, there's a scene where someone's getting stabbed and you have no idea what just happened. Anyway. I haven't gotten there. I, I don't like, too, they do this thing um, where the the writing is, like, so flourished. It'll be like, uh, well, um, add chlorates to the batch. And then the guy will be like, or it'll be like, tell him about the French experiment or something like that. And then the be like, uh, we should add chlor. What's with the French experiment? And then it's a five-minute fucking story, and the moral of the story is like, don't put this in there. And you're like, can somebody <laughs> just fucking said that? Yeah. Uh, that just like it. That That's- just drives me crazy because I go, this isn't like, this isn't what I want. Like people that make those shows have got. I wonder if you're making that show and you go, hey, people are gonna like dead people on the beach. Creepy little kids, prostitutes, people getting beat up and murdered, uh, fucking weird satanic. The weird satanic uh, voodoo shit kind of is like, well, I'm not sure how into that I am. <laughs> I feel like Tom Hardy was feels just like weird. on the set of another movie and then like put that hat on and was like, I'm Tom Hardy. I'm and Taboo. Then, I'm Tom Hardy. I'm Dave, Taboo. My name is Dave Tom Taboo. Tom Hardy television <laughs> teleprogrammer. <laughs> You blew, the bloody you blew the bloody doors off. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was only 1816. 
but I've only seen I mean, the first episode. So. I feel like a lot of TV <laughs> Not shows. Not that much to say about there's it. There's a ton of TV shows where they, there's like the pitch. And like that's the concept of the show, but you don't actually care about that part. Like the Breaking Bad, like the pitch was, all right, there's this teacher. We're gonna turn Mr. Chips into Scarface. He's got a, he's got cancer, so he has to sell meth. But then very quickly in the show, you really stop caring about the cancer. You're like, all right, I like the idea that this guy's selling meth, but I don't really care about his like science teacher life anymore. I don't care about his cancer. Same with Homeland. It's like, oh, she's like she's like mentally ill. Uh, she's bipolar, but she's also a spy. And then very quickly in the show, you're like, could you please stop doing any storylines about how she's crazy? Because yeah, I definitely yeah, yeah. don't give a fuck anymore. Do you anymore. still watch that show? No, oh, okay. I, I don't have Showtime anymore. But I, I, like, I watched it up until the last season. God, I uh, I struggled through I, that first season. I just uh, and I, I asked. I think I might have asked you, Vince, and I said, if I hated the first season, what am I going to think of the rest? And it might have been you. So whoever yeah. I asked said you're not gonna. I like mean, it was always like a push pull where it was you. It would have you on board for like three episodes, and then there'd be an entire episode about fucking Claire and and her having to go through like electric shock or yeah. something. You're like, I don't care about her state of oh. mind at all. Well, I'm still watching it, and I can tell you it's it's. I struggle to get through every episode. It's like <laughs> I'm fighting. Because what's happened now, just to give you an update, is I would the- actually I would love to hear your summary of what has happened. <laughs> yeah. Could could you even be so kind as to to do from season two on, or is that a bridge too far for you? Well, season two was um, the red haired guy was on the run uh-huh. for blowing up the FBI. Damien yep. Smallmouth, whatever uh-huh. his right. name is. Yeah. Oh, dude. I don't even know if I could tell you. Fuck. And then, like, he's, like, hiding out in... Is he hiding out in Mexico? He's hiding out in Mexico or, like, some... He's in an unfinished sucks. skyscraper. I remember that. Yeah, in, like, South America or something. And then she's looking for him because she's still in love with him. And she's also trying to prove his innocence. And then she's going bipolar. She's drinking. Uh, and then he gets fucking hung and she's pregnant. And then third season... She's pregnant. She has a baby. I don't fucking remember. She has Brody's <laughs> baby? Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay, so what happened lately then? Well, the, so the like the best character is this character named Quinn, and he's like a CIA assassin guy, and he's the guy that played Hitman in the last Hitman movie. Uh, uh, whatever. You didn't uh, see that movie. <laughs> but anyways. He's like a hot, he, he's like a hot, uh, uh, a hot yeah, murderous twink. It was the guy from uh, Justified, right? Or no, that was, no, the, that was, that the, was first the first hitman. Yeah. Okay, yeah, sorry. His name's yeah. like Rupert something or other. But he's like the badass kind of like Jason Bourne killer fucking dude, and he got um, he got gassed with Saren last season. So this <laughs> season, right. so this season he has a fucking like a traumatic brain injury. He has post-traumatic stress disorder. He has a limp and he's like paralyzed on one side of his body. So now he's not cool at all. He's the worst fucking character. They've taken the coolest character and they made it completely fucking lame. Like he can't kick anybody's ass. He can't do shit. He can barely talk. And he's like partying because he's like 
his like fucking brains fucked so he has no impulse control so he's like banging hookers and doing coke you're like what the fuck dude i don't care about this at all anymore you're like is this a show about terrorism <laughs> yeah it's so fucking stupid and then like a, the, a big um a big part of the storyline is that some kid was making youtube videos about the bombing sites in uh like like terrorist attacks in the u.s where he's then uh, sort of telling the story of the terrorists that committed the terrorist attack but doing it in a sympathetic way and saying well the story behind this is that and then he's also muslim and then they arrest him and then there's some fucking civil trial about it's like they're covering the guantanamo shit of people being like arrested and held as being suspect it's just like oh i don't give a fuck about this like you just want it to be plot twists and turns so now it's and a spy shit now but, it's like a yeah, trial. It's but is, so is mandy patinkin stupid. still in it because I, I watched it yeah mostly because mandy patinkin's still in it and i fucking love that guy and his acting like 90 percent of his acting is like <clears throat> blinking like he uses he uses his closed eyes and his blinks more effectively than any actor i've ever seen and i just i can watch that guy do just about anything well, well I remember, he's fucking like, i remember yeah. way back in the day um my roommates in college fucking loved friends mm-hmm. and the one like one joke i remember that actually really hit was joey uh was telling one of the other guys how to act and yeah. they're just like you know when something crazy happens you just look like you smelled something bad and like <laughs> yeah. that is totally what he does in that yeah. show yeah. like every time something crazy happens he just looks like he got a whiff of some shit I like and him. he just looks like oh. I like him because he's like he's old school really good actor and then and then they play him off F. Murray Abraham who um is Whoa, just, F. Murray Abraham's in that show yeah, now. And, what? And, and F. Murray Abram is like one of the stagiest actors that's ever he's existed. He's the worst. But he's I love so him. great. I love yeah, he's him amazing. because he's like bad good in some way. You know how there's some He's actors, all eyebrow acting. He's yeah. 100% eyebrow acting there, all the time. There's some actors though that like they, they own their over the topness yes. and that's what, like like Gary yeah, Oldman is, is probably my favorite actor of all time and like I love him for owning his over the topness. Right. Well that's what F. Murray Abram mm-hmm. is because like you can tell his elocution is like so perfect that, that like he can't play any character who's not like this classically who didn't presumably go thespian. to finishing school yeah so it's like everything he says is so clipped and like perfectly like you, you could be listening to him read an audiobook and so every character he plays has to be sort of this like foppish you can tell they automatically boy. grab the right fork at dinner in yeah. every scene so anything that he's in you're like you don't really believe it but you just want to watch it because you're like who is this like sort of alien from planet finishing school yeah like he'd be a great guy to run into because he's probably exactly that dude in real life oh, for sure all, all the time oh he would slap you with a glove 100 <laughs> percent. yeah oh amadeus is on netflix streaming by the way amadeus amadeus that movie's fucking good I, you know i've still never seen that that movie is awesome it oh, is, that I amazing. love that movie. It is the best picture winner. Well, because it, it's just so it's it's really you know what it is. It's just a much more serious version of the episode of The Simpsons with Frank Grimes, where like <laughs> like that's that's what it is. Yeah, that's what yeah. it's like. The, the movie starts and F. Murray Abraham is like in therapy talking about um, how Mozart just like 
owned him like uh-huh. on at every turn and like no matter what he did he could never be as good and he tried so hard and for mozart it was so effortless like that's that is the plot that that is the plot of amadeus is the frank grimes episode of the simpsons mm-hmm. which one's the frank grimes episode of the simpsons uh he's the guy who tries to do everything by the book and homer just like like lucks into everything <laughs> oh, or right, like right yeah. you know like like sits on the part of the console <laughs> at the nuclear power plant and averts yeah. the uh, nuclear that meltdown. That was like season one or two or something, wasn't it? It was uh, early. It was later than that, but it really? was it was like six. You know, you know that like, they're still making new Simpsons. Yeah, that's insane. I can't believe they're doing that. Well, they're just minting cash, right? Yeah. I mean, the 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 cast members. Why would they ever stop doing that? Oh, yeah, voice work. There's nothing yeah. easier than voice work. It's the cash cow. I never I understand. Like probably the Simpsons has probably made like fifty million dollars for the Church of Scientology, single handedly. Why? Because there's, the there's that many I think Nancy Scientologists Cart- in the cast? I think Nancy Cartwright is a Scientologist. Uh, I don't understand. I, I, one of my things uh, that drives me absolutely nuts is when these successful TV shows go off the air because the cast members want to do something different. You're like, who, that's the worst fucking most stupidest idea. Like, if you have a good, that's like having a great job and you're like, you know what? I I'm gonna fucking leave this cushy job uh, to go try out for the fucking fucking artist New man. York Yankees or whatever. Yeah. I mean, well, Michael Jordan. Why, why would you walk away from that money to do something that's like most likely not gonna work? Well, I mean, the leap from TV to movie star is so fucking rare that. But they what, don't think that. They just go, well, George Clooney did it. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I agree with you for TV, but like, there's certain things where you couldn't pay me pay me enough to be that guy. Like, um, Sean, like to, Sean Spicer? Well, yeah, that. But, like, commercial spokespeople, like the Sprint Verizon guy, like, I don't oh, care do how much that guy's making. Like, I see him, and I just want to club him to death. And and like you know that guy could cure cancer and then and then tomorrow he'll be at the airport and people are still just looking at him like he's the fucking Verizon guy like he's he's like this annoying asshole personified and he can never be anything but that like there's certain things well but he's probably like when that dude's in the red state they're like hey dude look it's the fucking Verizon guy and then it's just Instagram photos <laughs> Facebook updates like everybody's You're- fucking like. This is the biggest celebrity that's ever been here. You think uh, you think girls want to fuck the Verizon guy? A hundred percent. Except he's gay, he I think, and he has his gay partner in one of the commercials. Oh, really? Yeah. Because <laughs> he's like, there's one, there's one commercial where he's buying a Christmas tree, but he's buying a Christmas tree with this dude friend, and they're both like, sort of very like nicely dressed they just i mean whatever and 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 it's interesting too because this is like a a good tree to butt fuck under (laughs) well because he used to be like can you hear me now can you hear me now and now that he's with uh what is a sprint he's like hey i used to be with i used to be with verizon and you're like whoa this guy's a little bit different (laughs) you think he's more out front with his uh with his sexuality now Oh, 100%. He's like, Sprint, hey. I feel like he's like autistic. He's like obnoxious and vaguely Asperger's-y. Like he's, like he doesn't make eye contact and he's always kind of, he's like talking away from you and like a, a really obnoxious, I don't know, I, he drives me nuts. I can't stand him. Him and Jim Parsons in that fucking Intel commercial when they come on. Yeah, he's annoying. Get me real mad. I thought, I used to think Jim Parsons 
was probably like a decent actor and and, and I just felt bad for him because he was on Big Bang Theory and then I saw that commercial and I was like, oh no, no, that's that's him all the time. He's terrible. <laughs> I'm reading Norm MacDonald's book right now uh-huh. and uh, when Joe said walking away from something great to play for the Yankees, I said like Jordan and it reminded me he had the joke about uh, Jordan leaving baseball to go back to basketball. And he said, it's unclear whether the media will refer to him as his old nickname, Air Air Jordan, or his baseball nickname, Senor Crappy. (laughs) (laughs) Which is the best Norm McDonald joke. It's very Norm. This is so stupid. Um, The thing that is fucking amazing about that book is he, he goes way over the top in being really stupid, but he has some really honest moments about like how he tells jokes and like what he finds funny. And the most illuminating thing was actually, I thought when he talked about um, how he really liked jokes where uh, the setup and the punchline were so close together. And through that framework, he said one of his favorite jokes ever was Julia Roberts and Lyle Lovett are getting divorced Sources say that uh, the relationship began to fall apart when she realized that she was Julia Roberts and he was Lyle Lovett, uh, yeah. which I really like. That's like one of my favorite We Get Update jokes ever. Yeah. And my, that's like, it's so good. It's so good. I feel like that's very Louis C.K. too. <clears throat> Everything's like super just deadpan. Mm-hmm. Um, I like My favorite thing about that Norm book is that Norm MacDonald's version of silly and stupid is like an elaborate parody of like a Russian novel or something like his version of stupid is still has so much craft and Dude, like so smart he, that you're that. It, yeah, he does the moth joke in the book and which we've talked about the moth joke <laughs> yeah. at great length on this podcast because I think it is like the high watermark of comedy period. Mm-hmm. Um and it's like even better. Like, like he was workshopping it when he did it on Conan. And when he writes it out in the book, it is fucking incredible. And I will, I just have the most vivid picture in my head. So like my first reaction when I heard the moth joke was there are probably so many comedians that are leaving LA right now. Like just going back to wherever the fuck they're from, because like they heard that and they were just like, how could I ever <laughs> compete with it in a million fucking years? How could I ever compete with that? And then, like, I think the joke I made the first time I heard it was, like, this is the joke that made a thousand comedians throw their rainbow suspenders in the trash. Yeah. And, like, I still stand by that. Like, it's, like you hear that joke and you're just like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Like, fuck. Like, how? Oh, my God. Like, there's some guy just doing observational humor who hears that and is just like, that's it. Yeah. Like, that, I... He's, my have, most, have you ever gone he's, through he's like the most fascinating type of person to me, which is the type of person that is like so intensely smart where you're like, all right, this dude is clearly got like a fucking Ferrari for a brain, but is incapable of taking anything seriously mm-hmm. for more than five seconds mm-hmm. to the point where, you know, like being around him and living with him would probably be a nightmare because he has like no earnest moments almost, <laughs> but he's just so fucking smart that you want to like being friends with you, Vince. Me? Yeah, you. I feel like it'd be more like being friends with Brett. Uh, yeah. It's kind of like <laughs> yeah. being friends with all my friends. <laughs> sort of. It's kind of like being friends with two of the guys who were uh, groomsmen at my wedding. I feel like I'm over. <laughs> if anything, like I'm overly literal. Like, like Norm Macdonald has no. Like his only speed is like irony. 
That's and, true. And I, like I, I envy that, but I know I can never be that. It's like when, when someone's really good on weird Twitter, I'm like, fuck, that's amazing. And I would strive to that, but I can never achieve it. Have you guys seen him uh, do stand-up live? I have. And my favorite thing about his stand-up was that he would like barely enunciate. He would trail off every joke. <laughs> like like when you th- when you're thinking about comedy, you're thinking about a guy who sort of nails all his jokes and he has all of the beats worked out and it's uh and he just makes it seem effortless and it's very articulate. Norm is like inarticulate and the joke is still brilliant and you're like trying to figure out how the fuck he does it. Yeah, it's almost like the more he's I mean, I think he's one of the best. I mean, for a while he was he was in LA doing a lot of stand up and he was actually one of the first I, I saw him like my freshman year in college. He came to University of Arizona and uh he was f- he was fucking amazing. But I he there was a while in LA where he was he was going up all the time around town and um he was so fucking funny and he would do these like very emotional sets like he would he would tell all these jokes and they were great and every set was different. You know, he'd go at the improv and then you'd see him at the comedy store the next night and he'd have 20 different minutes, uh-huh. you know, which you never fucking see. And he, um, but then he'd just start talking about something in all seriousness and, and, and like at the end of his set, he'd be like, you know, we got to take care of each. I don't even remember what the fuck he was talking about, yeah. but he would like tear up and get like emotional. <laughs> but and he, it was he just like, but it was like that it wasn't on Twitter like, too. But yeah, yeah, but it wasn't, it never, it didn't feel like you were like, Oh, this is, you could tell it was a hundred percent genuine. And it was, um, it was poignant. Like yeah. what he was saying was poignant. So you just, it, it just made me think, Oh my God, this guy is just the fucking best comedian. One of the best comedians that's ever lived. He's so good because he, I've seen, I've seen comedians try to do that where they try to have like a serious, uh, earnest moment that's emotional and also funny yeah. and, and, and touching and you, they can never pull it off cause it feels so forced but he did. He did it, and it would, it just felt so like sweet and uh, and real. Yeah, but also it's norm. So you're like you're waiting for the punchline to drop at any yeah, time. Yeah, So then, like sometimes he doesn't do it, and you're like, yeah. and wait, you're what? Like, or, or did I just miss it? Yeah, and you're like, oh shit, you kicked me right in the guts. Now I have to take that seriously. And his all, his, and if you go back and watch all, his, like from when he was very young, just his uh, all his late night guest appearances and his Howard Stern show appearances, they're all the fucking best. Like he's so <laughs> funny. Him. Did you see his, uh, him when he was on Dennis Miller, when he said, go on Dennis Miller. Cause uh, he's, he's like right wing winger guy. I, I don't know. I don't remember that. Oh, uh, well, there's, there's a really funny one where he goes on Dennis Miller and he talks about the gay marches like, or like people, that have uh their kids that where they they were at a march and they had a sign that said uh proud of my gay son uh-huh have you heard that one no anyways. i don't think so anyways i would tell you it but i'd fuck it up <laughs> i remember when he had, he had a joke about like how awesome it must be to be gay where you're like oh there's like a place where, where i could go in town and 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 and, and fuck dudes. 
And he's, and he's like, and I can just go there and fuck dudes. And imagine like that was my favorite thing to do is just go and fuck dudes. And then every morning I'd have to wake up and I'd be like, oh, uh, uh, am I going to eat breakfast or uh, go and fuck some, <laughs> fuck some dudes? And you're like, oh, man, that's so, so true. Yeah, he's he's fucking. On account, I want to fuck dudes. <laughs> yeah, very much. Uh, hey, I got to get uh, Lee Keeler on. Joe, you know him, so this should be okay for you. Okay, cool. I can add him to the conversation. Who's the killer? I think it's I think it's ringing. I can't tell. <clears throat> Joe, just keep vaping. Hello. Hello. Hey. Lee Keeler, what's up, man? This is uh, you're on with Joe and Brendan. No, what's going on, Joe? What's up, dude? How are you? I'm Brendan. I'm good. How are you? Hi. Are you eating, bro? No, I'm not. I would never do that. I would never pick up the phone. I have chewy lemon head. I'm sorry. (laughs) Chewy lemon head is the weird. I have to do it. Um. Lee Keeler. Joe, like Joseph Clitico? Yeah, that's the one. Oh, Joe. I don't know how to thank you for the pet videos that you post. Uh, all, my, all my animal videos on Facebook? Yeah. They're like, they're amazing. Because everything is Trump shit right now. And uh, <laughs> yeah, just wanted to thank you for that. Okay. And Joe like yeah, finds they- a lizard that has a hat. Yeah, yeah. He's the, I just he's posted one of a of a chameleon uh, hatching from an egg. It's pretty fucking sick. Pretty pretty tripped out. Yeah, that's it pretty amazing. Cool. Okay. So Lee, we All had right. you on last. Time. We had you on when you were um, promoting a, uh, a what was it? A men's. Uh, it was like a, a guide to sad sad bastard. Sad bastard. Uh, the that's asshole, right. The asshole's guide to modern living. Yes. And now you yes, got a sir. you got a new one coming out. You want to tell us about that? We do. Uh, this one is called Ryan Bartoski's Emotionally Relative Trading Card Guide, uh, which is a little bit of a mouthful. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is um, this is a parody of the old Overstreet Press Guides from when we were kids. Uh, I collected sports cards and just whatever cards, and before uh, before the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, if you wanted prices for cards, it was usually through Overstreet, and then you know comics would be like Wizard or some other crap like that. Um, and so we literally, in terms of format, imitated that. Uh, it's pretty faithful to that. Like there's like half this thing literally just a price guide of shit that Ryan uh, liked when he grew up. And so that's how you know this is priced by this gentleman named Ryan who. Uh, never stopped believing in those guides. Uh-huh. <laughs> I possibly didn't conform to the internet that way. Brendan, I feel like you um, had to own a, a price guide or two in your time. Several. Several. I own several Overstreets and Wizards. <laughs> Solid. Yeah. I'm still waiting just, on those old Punisher comics to, to give me a good ROI. <laughs> but uh, uh, were, they the, were they the Mike Zek? Was that the original... Uh, the first one that no not like i have the earliest one i have is the first run of the punisher number two and i think that one's worth like eight bucks today yeah 
Oh, hell yeah. I bought it for two, that though, so like, I, like, 4X'd my investment, guys. Nice. I'm just saying, yeah, if you throw in an X, then the investment is even larger. Yes. I used to, I had a couple... <laughs> it's basic math. I had a couple Ken Griffey Jr. rookie cards, but then I realized everybody had those. Yeah. That that was, like, the... Was it the upper deck? Yeah. Yeah. With the hologram. That was, like, the, the X-Men number one, or, like, X-Force number one of... <laughs> Sports cards, like you'd have it, and be like, "This is totally gonna rock." Yeah, <laughs> like it was theoretically yeah, worth yeah. worth to everyone else had it. Yeah, it was theoretically like very valuable, but then you're like, "Oh no, they just made a bunch of these." Yeah, like once the internet made it pretty apparent that these exclusive collector items were exclusive to everyone, <laughs> every single household had some kind of chromium card or uh, number one yeah, issue. Well, and plus, like, if you're our age, like, you were a kid, so you, like, you know, you paid, like, a few bucks for that X-Force number one, and you're like, oh, this is going to be so amazing. And then, like, there was fanboys who were way ahead of the game who bought, like, 12 issues and, like, you know, froze them in carbonite. And, like, they're just, they're totally going to run, they're just dunking on you when it comes to, like, you know, however else they, they're, like, getting their money back on it. Yeah, that was um, that was something that I tried to get in on early and then get out of. Uh, I was lucky that way with comics. Like I, uh, yeah, I got lucky. I don't know if you remember. Do you ever remember Valiant Comics, like the old run, like the original run? No. Um, okay, it was like Magnus. <laughs> I was like Marvel Fighter. DC. I don't remember Valiant. Yeah, they were like low print run. Um, and then they would have like pretty good, like former Marvel people like Barry Windsor Smith. Like he was a Conan barbarian guy. Um, and he did weapon X. Yeah. Just, okay. I can go forever about this shit. Um, <laughs> so I'm sorry. Um, I don't remember. And, I want to yes. And you, but I just don't remember. No, I appreciate that much more than you being like, yeah, I know. Cause I live in LA and that's where most people will just go. Yeah. I remember that. Totally. <laughs> that's true. LA, like you feel like you're at a party and people are, are yes ending you and you're looking at them and you're like, I, you have no idea what I'm talking about right now. Do you? Like you're just <laughs> right? like, you're just an agreeable person. And I appreciate that on some level, but also like mm -hmm. I could be like a chair and you'd be like, yeah, dude, I really like your wood. Oh man. I can't believe that upholstery. <laughs> Is What's this, that? Is this uh, hand upholstered? <laughs> it's like, you know, um, they just spent their lives being the guy who's really good at sort of just yes-handing people and mingling. Yeah. Just shooting rainbows up your ass. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. So Ryan Bartoski. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 please. Oh, I was going to ask about Ryan Bartoski. And, and so how does he... How does he send up this format? What is the what is the deal with his deal? Well, uh, that's a perfectly good question. Thank you for getting back to this thing that I should be promoting. I uh, I he uh, he just he'll pick cards that had meaning to him as a kid. Like one of them, uh, for example, would be the Billy Ripken uh, fuckface yeah, card. Yeah, the fuckface card. That is yeah. a classic. Much sought yeah. after. Billy Ripken card. Yes. What? Much sought after. So, like, you know, he prices that, of course, at like twelve dollars. What's a wait? What, what's oh, a yeah, Billy sorry. Ripken fuckface <laughs> card? Explain the fuckface card because that's a classic. And like, I would totally buy that. By the way, like, if I saw that in a shop, I'd buy it. Right. I still have an affinity for that. That's why I put it in. I had to. Um, 
The uh, fuckface card was that there was a Bat Boy and or his brother. I don't remember. Uh, it's he it's like the, the the origin is murky because like basically everyone's pointing a finger at someone else. Like no one's cop to it really uh, because I think yeah. no one wants to like you know take the damage to to the brand. Uh, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's pre Russian Trump administration that way. Yeah. Uh, Nobody, yeah, is owned up to this. But basically, at the bottom of this baseball card, in very tiny lettering, this kid, this dude's holding a baseball bat, and on the bottom kind of nub uh, below his fist is the words "fuckface," uh, <laughs> just plain as day. And somebody at clear just like you know, because they're churning out hundreds of cards. <laughs> That's amazing. They didn't catch it. Yeah, it's, and yeah. it's Billy Ripkin. It's Cal Ripkin's younger, less successful brother. Yeah. Yeah, he's the Billy Bush of the Ripken clan. So, so some variation stories that the like rogue Bat face. Boy wrote fuckface on it because they didn't like him. Another variation is that his brother Cal wrote it because you know it was like a he was like you know alphaing him. Uh, and then like another variation is like that was Billy Ripken's nickname, so all his bats said fuckface. And you yeah. know what? Each, was, of those, was, each of those stories, I want to believe every single one of them. I yeah, love it's like big fish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Joe, what were you gonna say? What? I was just gonna say he looks like a fuckface. I'm looking at the picture. <laughs> he does kind of look like a fuckface, right? I believe the story that like some bat boy was like, "Fuck this guy," and did yeah, yeah. But imagine, imagine being a kid finding that baseball card <laughs> with no internet. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. just being like mind blown, like, like it could never happen what, again. <laughs> the Illuminati shit, like what is happening? Because what? Yeah, because you would what if that was? That. What if that was like a photo shoot, and then you know the AP posted that on their official Twitter feed, and everyone picked it up? Like it would be cool for like a couple days, but you know You're this right. went to press, and the cat was out of the bag, and you know it, you just couldn't. This, this could never take off the same way it took off in the age of the internet. That's what's special about yeah. it. Yeah. Cause yeah. Cause would the, would the new, the news wouldn't report about like you wouldn't open the LA times and it wasn't like the fuck face guy <laughs> bad. You just had to live. You probably had to live for like, you probably had to live for like six years just telling everyone you met. Like, did you know that the, there's a, cat, a Billy Ripken card that says fuck face on the bat? And the, yeah. yeah. And people are like, no, I didn't know that. And you're like, yeah. But just then people find out eventually, to to the right? It's like the, it's like the gerbil at Richard Gere's yeah, ass. I was going to say. Or, you know, or like Mr. Belvedere sitting on his balls. <laughs> Totally. Once Mr. Belvedere sat on his balls, so he sat on his balls one time during filming, and they had to stop for like four days while he recovered. Why? Because he just sat on his own balls. (laughs) It's probably not even true, but that's the story. It's like the best on balls. It's the best religion. Mr. Belvedere sat on his own balls. Mr. Belvedere during filming, and they had to stop. They had to suspend filming while he recovered. So you think that the editors? Slipped in. They had like an artist slip in a, an extra card um, when they were like editing the introduction. Uh, just like down down to find out because I sat on my balls. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm googling. Getting to the bottom, he said, "Mr. Belvedere sat on his own balls." Wow. <laughs> this is just a clinical Google's. This is, this is our new segment. Yeah. 
Um, well, speaking of balls, that's what I mean. So instances like that where these things would be worth actual money, uh, Ryan will price them incorrectly. And there's other cards that have no intrinsic value to anyone, but they're worth a lot to Ryan. Like there's one, uh, you know, they used to make a lot of movie cards. They made a set for Howard the Duck. Uh, one specific card is called Beverly and Howard Make Love. That's a real trading card. <laughs> and uh, that one is worth about uh, $5,200 to Ryan because that's the first time you got a boner. So is this so is oh, when you see her boner? Yeah. Um, uh, what's, uh, she was the mom from Back to the Future, right? Oh. Yeah, it was Beverly. Uh, what's Damn. Her name? No, um, Leah Thompson. No, that was his Leah girlfriend. Thompson. I don't know. Wasn't it? It was his mom and his girlfriend. Oh, fuck. It was, Come yeah, on, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, dog. That was a big word. Dude. 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 I never even got that dude. before, dude. <laughs> fuck. I wish I had a vape sound egg. effect right now. <laughs> Vince just metaphorically exhaled the hugest vape cloud yeah. ever. Oh, dude. So... <laughs> So is this basically, it's sort of like a memoir in the form of a uh, trading card uh, value guide? Totally. Like, you learn a lot about Ryan, and you, uh, as a fan of comedy and a former fan of cards, or any collecting bullshit, uh, you will have the uh, the fulfilling journey of learning about Ryan Bartoski, a collector uh, from my hometown of Sioux City, Iowa. So that's pretty good. So that's, uh, on, that's on Devastator Press right now? That is devastatorpress.com backslash B-A-R-T-O-S-K-I. Rolls right off the top. Bartoski. So, all right. So, Billy Billy Ripken, Billy Bush, Billy Carter. Is Billy just, like, the standard name of, like, the fuck-up ne'er-do-well brother? Like, if you have a fuck-up ne'er-do-well brother, are they just automatically named Billy? Billy Clinton. Yeah. Yeah. Way more fucked up than Roger. I don't. I can't think of any respectful Billy in history besides uh, Billy Martin, like the New York Yankees. Yeah, uh, coach. Upstanding gentleman. Yeah. Didn't he miss a season because he like think... punched a mailbox or something? Oh, Billy Martin. Yeah, or he like passed out in a snowbank or something <laughs> stupid. I forget. Oh, he was a maniac. Yeah, yeah he was a complete maniac. Like... He got fired by Steinbrenner like four times. He was like the Grover Cleveland of of uh, Yankees managers. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. What, what does that mean? Non-consecutive terms, mean? dog. Yeah, yeah non-consecutive <laughs> terms is the Yankees manager. No. Oh my God! Yes, um, he was brought back. Yeah, he and Steinbrenner definitely had a. Uh, a rocky like winter summer thing going on. Totally I feel like sketchy. He, he punched something and got sepsis or something. I I forget <laughs> <laughs> something something like that. What was uh What was the baseball player who like cut his finger on a drone? It was like an Indians pitcher, right? He cut his finger on a drone and it like fucked him up when he was trying to pitch in the World Series or something. What? No, no, Is that no real. No one remembers this. I think this was recently. Oh, that, well, I mean... I think that happened, like, a couple weeks I, ago. It didn't happen during the World Series, I don't think. Anyway, yeah, something like that. I don't know. I don't follow uh, baseball An Indians pitcher cut his finger in the World Series and was bleeding on the ball, and they had to take him out. Mm. Right? Oh. I think so. I can't believe... 
But then yeah, someone no, cut his finger on a drone like a couple weeks ago and like couldn't report to spring training. I want to Google this, but I feel like it would cheapen my shitty rendition mm-hmm. of the story. Yeah, we remember yeah, history like way better version. than actual history. Yeah, this is like drunk history in action right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I would watch way more baseball if they were just running into drones. Like if, <laughs> if, if, were, if this was some like shitty version of like an 8-bit Nintendo game where like they were like they had to have you know like kind of like that Ninja Turtles side scroller that was really bad yeah um, there was also board, Base Wars God. where there were robots and you beat the shit out of each other I'm picturing more like Mario Kart where like every three innings they give two random people in the stands a drone and they can just like do whatever yeah. they want with it yes I like I, I just mean these guys get paid enough money uh, all due respect, you know, maybe they could wear eye protection. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, or, uh, I think this is worth pursuing. Yeah. Like in the, in the naked <laughs> gun, there's like the bloopers and then the guy's going up for the fly ball and he gets hit by the car. Like that's, that's what you have to deal with. There's just like cars yeah, yeah. driving across the field. Dude. I like it. I'm missing it. I need to go back to naked gun. Oh, it's but, my favorite uh, movie ever. And that's got Reggie Jackson. He played under Billy Martin. That's right. It's October. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Straight up. It all comes back to the mm. Billies. Yep. Starting pitcher Old Dave Spiewak. Wait, Plesak? Uh, no, it was is fictional. But I, for whatever reason, no. you know what I'm like. Where I say like I can't remember what I had for dinner last night, but I could tell you that the starting pitcher in The Naked Gun is Dave Spiewak. Oh my God! <laughs> like yeah, Bal- Bartakowicz is from the island of Mipos. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I can yeah. remember. That. Like, yeah. I, I have no idea at what age my daughter started to crawl. I could not tell you. I don't have a memory of the first time my daughter crawled. But like, yeah, Balky Bartakowicz, island of Mipos, one hundred percent. Yeah, no question. I'm that way with uh, trivia about UHF, like that Weird Al movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we know classic. Yeah. Yeah, like you just know like what kind of fish was on the wheel of fish when <laughs> Cooney was like, all right, so so here it is, gentlemen. Uh, he goes, oh, a blank. Very tasty. What fish was it? It was red snapper, wasn't it? It was a red snapper. That's yeah. Right. I was like, if anyone's <laughs> going to know this, it's fucking Brandon. Like, yeah, guaranteed. red snapper. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the book uh, deals with kind of pop culture that way. Like we... We talk about Tracy Walter being in Batman cards, uh, and all the Tracy Walter cards are priced ridiculously high just because uh, Bartoski loves Tracy Walter. And how, how do you um, know Ryan Bartoski? Uh, Ryan and I went to school together. I saw him stab a kid with a Sharpie uh, over, a, over an autograph argument. You know, he was saying that Ryan didn't give him the correct thing, or, you know, like a legit autograph. And he tried to prove it by uh, pulling Ryan Sharpie out of his pocket, but Ryan just took it out and thrust it into his neck. <laughs> he saw it. Uh, just that kind of kid, you know what I mean? Was it like a fine point Sharpie? Uh, yeah. It was like, once you take the tip off, you can stab with it. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, well, Joe. What are you doing? Uh, my girlfriend is listening to Dance Moms super loud in the <laughs> other room. <laughs> okay. Okay. What is this show? MTV. Are you the one? So she's watching MTV. Are you one? Are you the one? Ha- have you seen this show? It's like a bunch of fucking people. <laughs> 
go on and then they they fucking take a test where they get matched up with their perfect match but they don't know it so then they, they just have to go on and just fuck each other until they, uh, and then they have to guess and then uh, every episode they have to guess who their perfect match is and then if 10 of them get it right and they guess their perfect match everybody gets $50,000 cool cool what? Anyways, guys, just, I'm sorry. No, that sounds like a lot of fucking thing. Tell your girlfriend, uh, thank you, because I, uh, I have to look up this show. Yeah. Last time I ran into your girlfriend, we were at a we were at a screening of my own private Idaho. Oh, that's right. I walked out of that. <laughs> what? I never seen that movie. I had never seen that movie, and I got like an hour in. I go, okay, I'm good on this fucking movie. I don't really <laughs> see this fucking thing. I don't know what the fuck is happening. I've still never oh, seen that. Also, also, it was bu- it was bumming me out how bad River Phoenix's skin is. Oh, I go, yeah. how did this how did this guy ever get to be a uh, a fucking movie star when he's got like uh, cystic acne all over his face? Whoa! I mean, he was he was kind of playing a semi homeless dude. Maybe that was the like he just didn't he just didn't use the oxy pads for like three months leading up to the movie. He was using oxy something. Is that one of those things where it's like they, you know, when, when someone makes good and then you retroactively go back to the first thing that they made and then, and then people are like, Oh man, this is like the seminal. So it's like, like say Wes Anderson, people are like, Oh man, you got to see Bottle Rocket. Bottle Rocket is like right. the seminal West. And then you go watch Bottle Rocket and you're like, yeah, this movie kind of sucks. Like, I'm glad that he became better later. But, like, if you think that that is even in the top, like, four Wes Anderson movies, you're fucking high. <laughs> yeah. Um, this, yeah, this thing is hard to get through. It's long. I, I always felt like uh, the edit that they ended up with, with Private Idaho, was too long yeah wait but joe were you there when udo kier was going off though yeah he was awesome okay (laughs) he he was awesome they had they had udo kier they they told us it was going to be um uh gus van sant and then and then maybe some surprises but they didn't say was that the old gay german guy was going to show up (laughs) and just blow all of us away like he just ran circles around this interviewer. It was so entertaining. Yeah, he was like he was doing. He was like the. He was like a German F. Murray Abraham, but yeah, just yeah, going crazy. Way, yeah, that's a good way to describe him. You know, another thing they do that with is uh, Moonlight. Like Moonlight's great, and then people are like, "Oh man, you know what you got to see? Medicine for Melancholy." You know what you don't have to see? Medicine for melancholy. It's it's fucking boring. Moonlight's great. You do not need to see medicine for melancholy. Is that that's new, right? Is that a thing of that right now? Uh, Moonlight. No, I know about Moonlight. I mean, like medicine for melancholy. No, that was like eight years ago, but that was Barry Jenkins' like last feature movie, I think. So people Uh, like, oh, dude, this is like this is Barry Jenkins' seminal work, bro. Yeah, yeah, you got to take it way, way back. Yeah, we just did that. We watched Hell or High Water, and then we went back and watched uh, some of the director's earlier stuff. Uh, it's the Scottish Cat. And, uh, yeah, just 
didn't land very well. Yeah. We saw a movie called Young Adam, and it's totally not the same thing, you know? Yeah, sometimes they just haven't found yeah. themselves yet, and that's fine. You don't need to hear the like the throat clearing before they say something important. Yeah, that's a that's a that's beautiful. I'm a poet. I don't, I don't, I don't need your cinematic phlegm. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Just, just cough up a pearl. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, I'll take the pearls. Give me you, that oyster. You can keep the phlegm. Yeah. Right. You gotta, take the golden. No, go ahead. All right, but are we you, good? Yeah, no, we gotta we gotta get to emails real quick. If you guys want to sit in, okay. that's that's great. You can you can weigh in. I, I gotta jump off just because I gotta wake up super early, so I gotta like bathe. Okay, J- Joe, wash your wiener, bro. I love you. Your 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 thing sounds awesome. I'm gonna check it out. Thanks, man. Uh, it's, it's really good talking to you. That was a beautiful surprise. I will see you soon. Okay, later, bro. Later, okay. dudes. Later. Later, dude. Uh, Lee, you can sit uh, sit in yeah. on these emails with us. We got some questions you can weigh in. You can you can give your life advice. Some people yes. some people are gonna get pretty real, that's all I'm saying. Oh yeah. Okay, I'm down. Okay. Your advice is always bad, but tell me more about your dad. Oh god, I am afraid to die. Lee, you couldn't hear it, but we just played the emails bumper music, and it was pretty good. Um, Fuck okay. yeah, I was. You couldn't see it, but I was dancing. Yeah, that's tight. It's tremendous. That's tight. So uh, last week we were talking about uh, ear piercings, and uh, you know how when we were kids, like you, you had to get your your left ear pierced, otherwise, oh, yeah. otherwise it was gay. gay. Yeah. Yeah, can do right here. Uh, this email's from Tim Coop, Mike. Um, also, to the topic of ear piercings, I got mine pierced when I was like 13 with another kid who I played rollerblade hockey with on my block. It sounds about right. Yeah. I remember we were yeah. somehow very aware that guys only get one ear done. Two ears is for girls, one is for guys, left straight, right gay. I definitely got the piercing to look cool, but alas, would not fuck for many years to come. And didn't look cool either. But so despite having evaded the indignity of accidentally signaling homosexuality with where I put the hole, I didn't quite do as well with quite do as well with what I put in the hole. No, not dicks, but close. I went to the Newberry Comics in Harvard Square in Cambridge and bought what I thought was a cool little snake earring and wore it in my ear for months. I realized way later it wasn't a snake, it was a sperm. What? The the real question is was it like a stud that uh where the head uh and then the tail came down or was it a dangly sperm <laughs> by the tail cuz that's like a massive right. difference. Yeah. You're going to have to you're going to have to give us a follow-up email on that. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine the flagellum like the little sperm tail <laughs> oh. going through his lobe like mm-hmm. he just got, you know, like an iron uh, like some kind of creature just jizzed metal. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Through his ear. Yep. That was a nice pull, Flagellum. Um, wait, so is he, gonna, is he asking a question or is he just sharing the reality? No, he's, he's just sharing the reality. Oh, well, thank you. That's yeah. what that's what our listeners do, you know? Yeah, they do that sometimes. Uh, yeah, so like, so when, when it came to something about Mary, when the dude had come on his ear, he probably was like, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. He really identified with that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, if only it was on his left ear, so he wasn't gay. Yeah. It's all about where the semen is. It was his own cum, not another guy's, so it's fine. Yeah. 
Um, here's another piece of sharing. Um, hey, guys. I think some of your fans of your show have experienced the difficulty of trying to get friends into the broadcast, But I had a little bit of success lately I'd like to share. But first, a mishap. Driving back from Santa Cruz to San Francisco after surfing with a friend, I suggested the broadcast. I threw on the latest episode at the time, which unexpectedly pivoted to Matt talking about shoving stuff up his butt for 20 minutes. <laughs> what do you mean the latest episode? <laughs> and while I couldn't have been happier to have Matt explain the specific benefits of a butt plug, my friend was like, what the fuck are you listening to? Similar things have happened with prior attempts. Going to the extreme too quickly, which is a delight for me, is a turnoff to the uninitiated. Contrast that to my last drive to Tahoe with some friends, and I played the best of 2016 episode. After that, they couldn't get enough. As a test, I put on the butt plug episode, and everyone laughed as hard as I was. It seems like the fraught, like many things, requires a little palate preparation, like a fine wine or a pate. So I guess the message is your let is to let your fans know the best of 2016 episode is a great way to introduce friends to the broadcast. One buddy even winked at me for some reason when we were out on the mountain and said after a pause, anaconda. Mission accomplished. Keep frotting, Dave. I don't remember the anaconda thing, but I'm sure it was. I'm sure we were really funny. It was great. It's pretty. Yeah. yeah. That's really sweet. Yeah. Is he trying to get? Is he? Did you ban him from the message board or something? Is he buttering? No. The wheels or what's going on? No, now? I don't know. No, I don't know. He's just fucking, just fucking going hard. We, we have just, a message board. No. Oh. No, just, like your comments. Just emails and comments. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Vince, as a recent dog adopter myself, I've been looking for more Charlie-specific content. Do you brag that your dog is a rescue for karma with strangers? How do you deal with an active dog in a small space? Does your dog bark at you when you try to have sex? Can you teach Charlie to bark on command to participate in the royalty freestyle? Fraud on Adam. Um, to answer that question, no, I don't brag about my dog but i find that people just ask if your dog is a rescue like unprompted mm -hmm. which is a little weird yeah. to, which is a little weird because it's like you're just asking me a question where i know that if i give the wrong answer you're gonna be super sad yeah. the the smarter ones go where'd you get them yeah yeah it's kind of like is your dog a rescue is kind of being like hey nice dog do you beat up gay people and you're like well <laughs> no uh yeah. so yes he is a rescue i know that if i said no that would be a bad thing i feel like a thing that people do is like i'll work at coffee shops a lot and i'll have my dog sort of tied up nearby and then people come and they want to like have a conversation about my dog or they will start disciplining my dog both of which are intensely annoying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where they're wow. like, like, oh, this is a nice dog. Oh, he's really, he's biting. Oh, don't bite. And then they'll, they'll like ask me about his biting and stuff. I'm like, man, come up and play with my dog. That's great. But like, I don't need to have a conversation about like why he, why he's biting or like why he peed on you or whatever. Like that's, he, that's he, you. He probably doesn't like you. Yeah. He doesn't like you. My dog doesn't like you. Yeah. He thinks you're a dick and you know, he's not wrong. Yeah. Yeah, he, he thinks you could, you're, you're fucking nosy. You could just that's, like, that's the problem here. Uh, cite some kind of old laws, like from colonial times, and be like, <laughs> if a dog barks at you, he knows that your spirit is drenched with demons. Yeah, I, and, I uh, trained him to bite fucking nosy busybodies, so he's doing his job. <laughs> or, or today, uh, like I'm sitting there and I'm watching my dog. My dog's like five feet away from me, tied to the uh, the parking meter with like a with like a water bowl and his chew toy. You know, I'm being a good dog dad. Right. Uh, and she yeah. like comes over and she's like, 
oh, I just want to let you know your your that your that cab almost hit your dog. Like he he's kind of wandering out on the curb there. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you because I just sat here and watched the whole thing. The the cab was like 20 feet from my dog, but thanks, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I have a fantasy about this uh, yellow car hitting your doggy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Is there some way I can passively just project that upon you? Yeah. And then other things people do might be innocuous, but you sort of take it offensively i don't know this probably happens to you brendan with with having a child where like you get sort of offended like as if they're um casting aspersions on your your parenting skills yeah yeah like she she really grabs a lot of things doesn't she (laughs) yeah yeah motherfucker so (laughs) yeah yeah. and what (laughs) like one time some woman came and she's and she's talking to my dog and obviously the dog doesn't speak english so i figured that she's it's meant for me and she's like where's your toy Where's your toy? And Did your owner not give you a toy to play with because yeah. he's a yeah. loser? Yeah, that's what yeah. I heard. Yeah. That's what I heard. Yeah. And I was like, man, fuck off. Get your own dog. My mother-in-law actually well, does that with the baby. So she'll be like, is that is that your daddy? Is that your daddy? Does your daddy want to come play with you? Or is he going to go into his room and do more work? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, no. Shit like that happens. Oh, I'm like, no. Yo. I had an ex-girlfriend who would do that through the cat. And she named the cat Gizmo. And not in an awesome way. Like, not like awesome gremlins Gizmo. Just like stupid fucking rich girl cat. I hated that cat so much. <laughs> you pick up the cat and be like, Yeah, the passive aggressive yeah. dog talk or baby talk. And to be fair, she, she's it's not at times. Like, I don't think her intention is to to be passive aggressive about it, but like every once in a while she'll say something and I'm like what? Yeah, like, <laughs> right, right. Like it's not always. It's usually like, "There's your daddy. He's home from work. He's so excited to see you." And and like, "Yes, I am." Yeah. But the, every once in a while, it's like, "Does daddy wanna? Does daddy wanna come play with you, or does he have to do work?" And I'm like, "Hey, <laughs> yeah, hey." Well, <laughs> like you can sort of put yourself. I gotta pay the fucking mortgage here. Okay. <laughs> you can put yourself in their body, and and you can see them justifying that as just like some innocuous thing they said. Yeah. But you're also like, man, I want to yeah. kick you into the fucking tra- into the street right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. This we got. This is the last email, but it's gonna get kind of real. Yeah. Okay. But it's oh, uh, this is long. It's a good email though, so I'm gonna read it. Uh, It feels unfair to tell you this when you don't know me and you surely shouldn't care about some silly lady in Alaska whose problems are so far from your own. And it's wildly inappropriate to be telling perfect strangers about the inner workings of my life. But for five years, you guys have been a bizarre sense of comfort to me when my life is flipped turned upside down, letting me in on some of your inner workings and butthole replacements. So here we are. Uh, I'm 19 19 weeks pregnant. My husband and I wanted to start a family almost since we met, and we were happy to discover I got pregnant right away. But there's something wrong, and the baby is dying. She has a huge growth on her neck that's slowly suffocating her, and she's filling up with fluid and will surely die within the next two weeks when I will then check into the hospital and go into labor to deliver a baby that will be delivered straight to the morgue. I'm detached enough from the awfulness of this situation, probably because if I think about it too much, I'll never get out of bed, but my husband can hardly process it. 
at some point we have to tell our family. How do we tell people? How do we tell people and not get the pity look and the I'm so sorry's? You guys had some terrible, terrible things happen. Ben's cancer, Matt Lieb's addictions, Brendan being constantly passed over for NFL Hall of Fame. How do you keep from being pitied? How do you respond when they pity you? How do you tell people the only response you want to hear is, Jesus Christ, that fucking sucks. How do you circumvent the blathering, blubbering bullshit of people falling all over themselves to tell them how sorry to tell you how sorry they are, and then you're left to feel like you need to console them. So that's the question. Um, I think, I think, I mean, that's, uh, there's no right answer, I don't think, but my suggestion would be, I think you try and tell all of them at once. I'm thinking like some sort of mass email type situation. Um, yeah. I feel like there's been many times in my life where, uh, like I didn't want to burden people with whatever I was feeling or whatever was going on, but then you just end up prolonging it. I feel like if you can sort of be articulate with what's going on in your life and you lay it out, kind of just like the way you laid it out in this email to mm-hmm. us, like yes. the, the more articulate yeah. you can be with them, I think I think people understand better than you give them credit for a lot of the time. And right. also, it's going to be shitty no matter what, obviously. So, uh, if you, I think if you get it all out in one go as much as you can, and try and and try and tell people all at the same time, so then you don't have it staggered where you have to keep telling people at different times and then relive the experience yeah. mm-hmm. over and fucking over again. Yep. You also have to get really good at like guttural sounds because people will be like, "Oh my god!" Uh, and you're yeah. like, "Hey, you know." Yeah, but, you know, like, but seriously, <laughs> you know, you know, like you get good at that, and then you're like, but what I? well, you know, it happens. I'm sorry, it happens. Like right. it's it because yeah. it does happen, and it's really shitty. And uh, I I've been through it before, and it sucks, and it's not fun. Uh, but what? But I'm with you because you're like. I'm actually, I've emotionally come to terms with this. And what really sucks is having to have this interaction over and over again. It's Groundhog Day mm-hmm. for the worst, most awkward, least desired interactions that people feel obligated to continue engaging with. So you need to nip it in the bud and just, you know, oh my God. And you, just, ah, you know, hey, it happens. Yeah. It happens. And you I, know what? Yeah. Like, it happens. And, it I happens. Kinda, and I kind of think the way you laid it out to us where you don't want people to pity you. I think this is... It's a good framework. Like, you got carte blanche to say whatever the fuck you want, because this is something that you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. And I think I don't think anyone's going to think you're rude or bad if you just lay that out and being like, look, I don't want your your shitty pity. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, make sure to, like, even though you don't want to repeat it a bunch, just tack that on as something you know, like, it's policy like um for the people that are worth it um in your life just make sure that they know that that's uh that's how you feel and that's how you're dealing with it and that's how you've uh I, taken the power in that situation like mm-hmm. empowered yourself yeah totally yeah and i agree with that email thing too that's also that's a pretty brilliant one um yeah i, and- I applaud you for not saying facebook you know like just like circumventing it and still doing it uh yeah, in a way that can get it done. And if someone's being really and, shitty, uh, to to your last point, like call it out. Where like, don't be afraid to if someone's being obnoxious about it. Go, hey, uh, I feel like I'm consoling you. <laughs> yeah, like get good at that. Like practice that in the mirror. 
because you might have to pull that out on some people. But guess what? It's going to be extremely effective. Yeah, and be uh, you know own that that's your real feeling, but you know you can kind of make a joke out of it. Like I think it's great when people just when someone's annoying them and then they just tell the person like, "Hey, man, you're fucking chewing really loud right now." That's you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like you can yeah. like, you can get away <laughs> yeah. with it if you're super honest about it and straightforward. Like I don't think people necessarily hold that against you as much as we think that they're going to hold it against us in our minds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Put a I smile agree. on your face too. There's a, there's a there's a mode of sincerity that has uh, been lost with a lot of internet interaction, kind of passive commenting. Right. That, uh, I think I, a lot of yeah, a lot yeah, of people I always say there's some amazing shit you can get away with saying if you have a smile on your face. Or right, Vince. I, Vince, I you know I can't stand to fucking be around you for another second. You <laughs> yeah. <know? It's> like, <laughs> this is gonna sound super dumb, but on the last episode of Top Chef. Uh, they were doing yep. like a group challenge. Yep, yep. You're absolutely right. They were doing a group Vince. challenge, and and the and surely the Asian chick was like was being kind of loud, and and the and Brooke was super annoyed with her. And instead of just holding it in like I do at the movies when someone's being annoying, she's like, "Hey, Shirley, shh!" Like she just did it straightforward, and the girl didn't hold it against her because like yeah, like. I'm annoying you. I realize that I'm annoying you. Like, it wasn't a big deal. Mm-hmm. And, like, in just such a subtle way, like, I really just respected the way that she dealt with that. Like, I, I kind of was like, man, I should do that more. Because so often, like, someone's doing something that annoys the shit out of me. And then I hold it in. Yep. And then I end up resenting them more than I should. And then they have no idea. And so they just do it more. And so then we're just in the situation for fucking longer. Whereas yep. if I just had some balls and I said it straight out, like, I don't think they'd hold it against me for it. Yeah. Yeah. That works with a lot of stuff in life. Yeah. Like I've had to fire people before and I'm like, Hey, listen, listen, Vince, it's never okay to call the CEO a dickless loser at happy hour. So with that in mind, here's your paperwork and, uh, we're going to score you out of the building. Yeah. Cool. Big smile. Yeah. Huge smile. Hey, thanks, Brendan. I really appreciate you coming yeah, to me yeah. with this. Hey, I just wanted to be really straightforward with you and, and really just not, you know, beat around the bush. I just want to be really direct. And, you know, these things are never fun, but hey, you know, this is how it works out. And, and best of luck to you. Yeah. I'm the worst because I'm a passive. I'm really pulling for you. I'm a passive aggressive fuck and I rarely do that. But when I see people not do that, it seems like a, a guide to a better way that I could live my life. It, I, yeah. I have learned that whatever you build up in your head as the fear of the outcome of, of, of whatever news you have to deliver, it's never, never, ever, ever, ever in a million years as bad as you build it up to be. Right. So it's just like, being super direct and to the point will always, every single time you'll go, oh, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Right. Every single time. It's like, yes. it's like unless, hit- unless you're giving the finger in traffic in LA. And then you're like... <laughs> Oh, that guy's following me. Yeah. Oh, I have to sit next (laughs) to this person. uh, It's kind of like going up and talking to the person that you're attracted to at the party slash bar. Like, yeah, you might get fucking rejected. But here's the thing. Uh, if you go and just and just lay it out there, getting rejected doesn't feel that bad because, like, in your mind, you're like, well, at least I proved to myself that, uh, you know, I put myself out there. It feels good to put yourself out there even if it even if you don't get the outcome that mm-hmm. you're looking for. Yeah, I it's find. Like, yeah. like when you see someone who's clearly scared shitless of, of uh, getting in a fight and you're like, oh, you've never been punched in the face before? It's actually not that bad. Right. Like, you just you, get punched in the face. Yeah, you and, like, just get numb. It and, happens. You know, and, like, and you, you look know. like a fucking asshole in front mm-hmm. of people, but you, you realize that you'll live after that. Yeah. Yep. 
do it. There you go. All right. Take the punch. I feel like we I feel like we did good on that one. Yeah. That was some like nineteen ninety seven love line shit that yeah. you just did. Yeah, that was very real. That was good. We put a, I that's funny because I was sitting in my chair like Dr. Drew. I'm like I'm like, all right, focus in. <laughs> um Yeah. So cool. Yeah, I'm glad we uh that's probably good that we did that one last. Yeah. <laughs> I mean yeah. So Lee, um, what was the name of the person who wrote that email? I don't know if she wants us to use our name, use her name, but oh, you know. okay. Well, oh, sorry. Um, yeah. Person, thank you for writing that in. And uh, I, uh, I'm, yeah. Just to be privy to that, uh, I appreciate that. And uh, you're amazing. And Alaska is beautiful. And you're beautiful. So uh, thanks for doing that. Yeah. That's hey, really uh, cool. hey. I would also yeah. like to say I can't believe you emailed a podcast for advice, and uh, what a horrible <laughs> idea. And uh, you know, I'm, I just you know everything's gonna work out fine. He's saying it with a smile yeah. though, so it's yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, All right. Lee Keeler, fucking Devastator Press uh, slash Bartoski, Ryan Bartoski's emotionally rel- relative trading card guide. Yes. And um, and thank you. We Devastator Press actually has a huge, huge thing coming out uh, in early April uh, that is movie related, um, and we're pretty. I can't say anything about it yet, but it's going to be rad, and uh, I'm sure I'll bug you about that too. And so, I feel, uh, keep an eye on Devastator. I feel fine saying that I love uh, I love your guys' stuff. So I think if you guys uh, if you guys want to grab it, you probably won't be disappointed. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, thank you so much. No problem. Yeah, awesome. Um, and I'm on Twitter on at Lee Keeler, and uh, the next Power Hour is April 14th. Boom. April 14th at the Hollywood Improv. Brendan, you want to take us on out of here? All right. Thanks to Lee Keeler. You heard his uh, – he, he plugged everything. We usually invite you to plug first, but you just went for it, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on anyway. Uh, and yeah. uh, Joe, uh, even though he's not here, thanks for coming on and blowing all your vape smoke on us. Um, at Joe King on Joe Twitter. Go, Joe Sinclitic on Twitter. Sinclit. Sinclitic. Ick. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As always, thanks for listening. Uh, f- email us, broadcast at gmail.com. Vince, what's the Google voice number? 415-275-0030. Patreon.com slash broadcast. All right. Until next week, good night and good chins. Yeah. Hey, thanks, man. Bye. Take it easy. Bye, guys.